I'll be honest, you guys, this is like the fifth time that I have tried to record this because every single time I hit record on my laptop, I just get into a silly, goofy mood and I make a weird sound and then I get insecure and embarrassed and then I delete the track and I start all over again. So this is like the 10th attempt. I am just feeling so silly, goofy and like, I can't help it. It's who I am. You know what I mean? I'm different. I'm not like other girls. I can't help it, but I was feeling kind of embarrassed. I'm like, pull yourself together, Mel. Stop making weird sounds because you know how, like, I don't know, like to start out the podcast, I wanted to like do some like testing, testing one, two, three, you know, to like test out my microphone. And instead of just, you know, being a normal human being and being like testing, testing one, two, three, I was like screaming into the mic for no reason, just because I was like in a silly, goofy mood and just feeling quirky. I don't know. Anyways, we're here now. I am not about to delete the track and (laughs) start all over again because I've done that like 10 times now. (laughs) Anyways, welcome to the Wheelie Glad podcast. I hope you guys are Wheelie Glad. (laughs) I'm trying to make my Instagram handle like fit into my podcast somehow because this is a mental health podcast. We do discuss mental health in this podcast. And so I'm trying to like make it like fit in, you know what I mean? Because like I am a roller skater, and I also have this mental health podcast, and it's just, like, it's two very different things that I'm trying to, like, mesh into one thing. I don't like that I use the word mesh. I don't like that word, but you know what I mean? I'm trying to make, like, roller skating and mental health, like, relate to each other, and I don't, you know, I don't I don't think they do. <laughs> I mean, obviously, roller skating is, like, great for mental health, but, like, I'm trying to make this relate. I don't know. Anyways, welcome to the Wheelie Glad podcast. That was a side tangent. I usually start off my podcast episodes by sharing some highs and lows, so let's just jump right into it. My high for the week is that I got my nails done. Guys, this is a total refresher for me. I don't know what it is, but like every time I get my nails done, I become a new person. I become quite literally revitalized. I become me all over again. My nails were looking so crusty, dusty, so disgusting. And like they chipped because I fell skating and they chipped so bad. And so I had to get like a new acrylic. Anyways, my nails are looking snatched now. I got like this pink sparkly coating and it's like kind of clear as well. So it's just like a translucent Barbie pink and it's so cute. I love it. I wanted to do something like for Valentine's Day because... Valentine's Day is just around the corner and I feel like everyone's getting like cute little hearts on their nails and stuff like that but like I wanted to be different I wanted to be like you know what I'm not like other girls I'm not about to get a cute little heart shape on my nails I want to be different so I just got the pink sparkles all the way and I look like Barbie and I'm feeling it um anyway so yeah I got my nails done that was definitely a high for the week um could barely afford it but here we are it is a necessity in my life I do need my nails to be done in order to function because I am high maintenance and I am a material girl anyways that's my high of the week my low of the week you know what I'm just gonna share it this may be TMI to some people but quite frankly I don't care I am who I am you can't change me I don't want to change this is who I am this is real this is me I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be My low of the week was that I pooped my pants twice this week. Like, I literally, (laughs) like, I quite literally pooped my pants. I I don't know how else to explain it, you guys. I, I think I have IBS. I think I have celiacs as well. I have some serious stomach issues. Anyways, I had a friend over. I was doing her eyelashes um, because I now have my esthetician license, which is also, I guess, a high of the week that I could share. But I now am a licensed um, certified esthetician. So I've been taking um, lash clients. I've been doing people's eyelashes, eyelash extensions to be more specific. Anyways, I had a friend over and I was doing her eyelashes. And then to be funny, I was going to like push out a fart. (sighs) Unfortunately, it wasn't a fart. It was much, much more. And we were laughing hysterically. And she she was like, bro, I think you literally pooped your pants. And I'm like, I think you might be right. Anyways, turns out I did. I did, in fact, poop my pants. And then it happened, like, the next day as well. From the, the same kind of thing. You know, I, I thought it was just me passing gas. And it was much more. So I have soiled some undies um, this week. Um, not, my, not my proudest moment. 
but that is the low of my week that I thought I would share. If that's TMI, so sorry, but I just thought I would share because that was a very low, and that was a low low of my week that I just, I, I feel like I had to share. Anyways, now that the silly, goofy part of my podcast is <laughs> calmed down a little bit, we're going to jump right into day, to today's episode topic. Today, we're going to talk about something that's actually pretty heavy, and it can be kind of triggering to talk about, um, but today we're going to talk about panic attacks. I say this is a heavy topic because panic attacks are not something to be taken lightly. They are serious. Um, they are traumatic. And having been someone who has had a lot of panic attacks in life, I can confirm that it is a heavy thing to go through. And it's kind of a heavy thing to talk about as well. Like even as I was writing my notes um, to record today's episode, I was kind of feeling, you know what, like this is a heavy topic. Like this is hard to talk about. But as with most things in mental health awareness, you know, I think it is hard to talk about, but it's also important to talk about because that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast. I'm trying to crush stigmas. I'm trying to spread awareness. And in order to do that, we have to talk about the stuff that may be kind of hard and heavy to talk about. So I will give a trigger warning for this episode. We're going to talk about panic attacks. We're going to talk about panic attack symptoms. We're going to talk about people's experiences with panic attacks and some very specific physical symptoms that they have been through. And a lot of it is kind of scary and and hard to read. But um, I do think it's important to share because I do think people should be aware of it. People should know how to help other people go through panic attacks. And we should also be able to build our own coping mechanisms that we can have to cope with panic attacks because it's not something that we should, you know, have to struggle with every single day. It shouldn't be a frequent thing that we have to go through. There are coping mechanisms and that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to help other people to, you know, have a safe place where we can share our thoughts and feelings about it and also learn and grow from it and get some good coping skills so that we can become happier, better people so that we can become really glad people. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't fit. I'm sorry. I'm trying to make it like work so hard. I'm trying to make it fit, but it really doesn't. (sighs) Anyways. Okay. So usually when I start out a podcast episode, I share some research about the topic. So we are talking about panic attacks. So I did a lot of research on panic attacks. um, And the first thing that I found was, you know, the definition of a panic attack. And so the definition of a panic attack, according to Google, says... It's a sudden episode of intense fear or anxiety and physical symptoms based on a perceived threat rather than imminent danger. Okay, so the thing that sticks out to me the most in this definition is that when you have a panic attack, there are physical symptoms. I feel like a lot of times a stigma in mental health is that, you know, people say like, oh, it's all in your head, you know what I mean? But this quite literally proves that no, it's not just all in your head. Like there are physical symptoms that you experience when you have a panic attack um, that can quite literally feel like you are dying. I mean, in my experience, I've had several panic attacks before where I feel like I can't breathe. I'm having a heart attack and my, my body's literally shutting down. I feel like I'm going to die. And that is something that feels rational and believable when you're in that intense state of emotion. So that is something I want to point out. Panic attacks, they are, you know, something that occur in our brains, but they are very, very physical and can affect our bodies very heavily. Um, So I looked up what the physical symptoms of a panic attack can include. And there's a lot of different things. Obviously, it's different for everyone. Um, For some people, a panic attack can just be, you know, just zoning out and being quiet and really still. You know what I mean? For other people, it can be hysterically crying, screaming, um, convulsing, you know, just a bunch of crazy different things. It can be different for everyone. And in my experience, I've had panic attacks before where I'm just like quietly sitting there and staring off into space and it feels like there's like gravity pushing against me and like I'm like I'm like falling in an elevator is it, I had that's one experience I had one time where I felt like I was falling in an elevator and I was just sitting in bed and that was a panic attack 
But, you know, I've had other instances where I've had a panic attack where I quite literally had to go to the ER because I was physically convulsing. So it's, it can be different for everyone. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of different symptoms you can experience. So here are some of the symptoms I found on Google that you can experience when you're having a panic attack. So it says pounding or racing heart, sweating, chills, trembling, difficulty breathing, weakness or dizziness, tingly or numb hands, chest pain, um, an irregular or racing heartbeat, heartbeat or palpitations, um, irregular racing heartbeat, palp- already said that, um, shortness of breath, aka hyperventilation, a choking sensation, and nausea. I feel like these are just a few of the physical symptoms um, that a panic attack can include. I feel like, you know, like I said, it's different for everyone, but this is just what Google gave me. Um, Another thing that I found on the interwebs about panic attacks is that it it is a very common mental health problem, um, which is why I thought it would be relevant for this mental health podcast. Um, I feel like I've kind of avoided heavier topics on my podcast um, because I know it can be triggering and I personally don't want to be canceled for triggering someone. Um, (laughs) But yes, panic attacks are a very common thing in mental health. So I feel like it is an important thing to talk about, and I'm glad we can discuss it today. Um, but Google said that it often starts out in teens or in early adulthood, and that panic attacks can also begin early on in childhood, which I thought was very interesting. Um, another fact that I found is that women are twice as likely as men to have a panic attack, and that there may be some kind of genetic link. I thought this was fascinating. I... You know how I feel about this. I, I love women. Go woman, because we've we've been through it. That's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> I feel like I've been too much of a feminist lately. I need to calm down. But I love women. Women are incredible. It literally says right here on Google, women are twice as likely as men to have a panic attack. So we've been through it. Women are incredible. I need to stop being such a feminist because it triggers people. But anyways, another fact that I found on Google is that um, an anxiety attack or an extreme panic attack sometimes can require an ER visit. Um, If the sufferer of of a panic attack is unable to get their panic attack under control, that's when you may need to go to the ER. And in my experience, I have been to the ER from a panic attack multiple times Um, and I feel like personally in my experience, I feel like, I mean, maybe I just have like a bad ER doctor, but I feel like there's nothing really that they do that can help. Um, I feel like, I feel like because of the lack of mental health awareness, um, they don't really know how to help other than just shoving medications at you and putting you in a mental hospital. That's just my personal experience. I feel like there's so many better ways that we can handle someone who's having a panic attack. And I feel like in my experience going to the ER, they don't handle it very well. I think going forward in my life, if I do have an extreme panic attack again where I feel like I can't get it under control, I feel like I personally will not go to the ER because they'll stick an IV in my arm, give me drugs and nothing really will be solved. Um, I feel like for me, the best thing that I can do personally is just have a good support system, have a friend come over, put on a weighted blanket, um, do some coping mechanisms, some coping skills, and just fight through it. Because I feel like, yes, if if a panic attack is super extreme, going to the ER can help, but in my experience, it never really has. But I did find it interesting. Google continued to say that extreme cases of hyperventilation, which is a panic attack symptom, um, can actually lead to, I'm going to butcher this, but it says tachycardia, which is an occurrence where the heart is beating so fast that it is unable to properly pump blood throughout the body. So in this case, this is where I'd be like, okay, an ER visit is necessary, right? Because if it if it's getting to the point where you are not breathing, yeah, for sure go to the doctor. Um, if it feels like your heart is racing so much that it's going to explode, 
for sure go to the doctor because they definitely can help with that in some ways. Um, but for me, in my experience, the ER hasn't ever really helped me. I feel like, I mean, the most recent time I had an extreme panic attack and went to the ER, it was last year. And I remember I just sat in the waiting room for an hour. And by the time they got me a room, my panic attack was done and I was fine. So that's just my experience. But like it says here in this research, if you can't get it under control, if you're quite literally hyperventilating and cannot breathe, your heart is not pumping blood through your body and you are having serious palpitations, for sure go to the ER because they can't help you with that. The next thing that I researched was what is the difference between a panic attack and an anxiety attack? Because they are different. They're similar but different. What Google said was panic and anxiety attacks both cause a rapid heart rate, shallow breathing, and a sense of distress. However, they typically differ in severity and cause. Panic attacks are often more intense and can occur with or without a trigger, while anxiety attacks are a response to a perceived threat. I thought this was very interesting because, you know, I feel like just what it's called, a panic attack and an anxiety attack, I feel like a panic attack quite literally, literally is just you're in panic mode. And the way it says it can happen randomly and occur with or without a trigger, that's, you know, that's what makes it a panic attack is it's not necessarily a trigger. It's just a random, you know, burst of panic, I feel like. And then an anxiety attack is just a response to a threat. You're having anxiety because of something that has occurred. So that's the difference between a panic and anxiety attack, which is just some good knowledge to have so that there's no confusion and so that we're not calling it what it's not. Um, some more information that I found is that both autonomic, am I saying that right? <laughs> both autonomic activation and hyperventilation um, during panic attacks can lead to coronary artery spasms. Um, coronary artery spasms can actually lead to myocardial ischemia and cardiac chest pain. I probably didn't say any of those correctly. But um, this leads back to what I was saying about the ER. Panic attacks are no joke. They are serious. And like I said before, it can feel like you're literally dying. So in this case, it's good to go to a doctor. It's good to go to the ER and get some help because it's serious physical symptoms that are occurring within your body. And so, yeah, it's no joke. It's nothing to be taken lightly. Um, the next thing that I researched was what are some panic attack triggers? Obviously, it's different for everyone. Everyone is their own individual and struggles with their own mental health in their own different ways. But um, some triggers for panic attacks can include overbreathing, long periods of stress, activities that lead to intense physical reactions, for example, exercise, excessive coffee drinking, and physical changes occurring after illness or sudden change of environment. I thought these were very interesting things that I found on Google for panic attack triggers because I feel like, you know, some of these make sense. Like, for sure, drinking too much caffeine can definitely cause a panic attack. Um, but the over-breathing, like, that one was kind of weird to me. Like, how do you over-breathe? Like, is that a thing? Like, oh, I'm breathing too much. Oh, no. Like, that one was kind of confusing. Um, but the long periods of stress, for sure, can cause a panic attack. Um... The one that I thought was interesting was that um, any physical change or sudden changes of environment can be a trigger for a panic attack. And uh, we'll get into this later, but there were a lot of responses when it came to the questions I asked on my Instagram of people saying that the environment that they are in um, can cause a panic attack and can make a huge difference to what their panic attack is and um, if they're able to calm down. So anyways, those are a few things that I researched on Google. I feel like there's not enough research about panic attacks. Like, I think there needs to be more information out there. But then again, you know, that com that goes with, like, every mental illness. I think mental illness just needs to be talked about more. Mental health in general needs to be embraced more. It should not be taboo. 
we need to be talking about it more. So I feel like when it comes to researching about it, I'm like, you know what? There needs to be more about this, I feel like. But I feel like that's why I have this podcast. I can hear your guys' stories and share them. And for whoever listens, they can gain that knowledge. And even though I probably only have like 10 listeners and it's literally just my entire family, oh well, so be it. Because (laughs) I think it's an important thing to talk about. Okay, so let's get into the Instagram responses. I asked a couple questions on my Instagram. Um, and as always, I love hearing your guys' responses. You guys have such amazing things to share and to say. And I just want to say, since this topic is so heavy, I just want to say that you guys are amazing. A lot of you guys struggle with mental illness. A lot of my followers that respond to my stories struggle with panic attacks frequently. And I just want to say you guys are amazing, you are so strong, and you are so brave for being vulnerable to share these stories with me. Um, You guys are amazing and quite literally inspiring because I have struggled with mental illness before, I have struggled with severe panic attacks in my past, and to hear your guys' stories, to hear you guys being vulnerable and sharing these things, it's honestly quite quite literally beautiful because we're coming together and helping each other and inspiring each other to cope and to learn and grow from our struggles. So thank you everyone for sharing. I know it's hard to talk about. I know it's hard to share. It is a heavy topic. So thank you everyone for sharing. Um, So the first thing I asked was I actually did a poll on my Instagram and it was a very broad poll. I just asked, have you ever had a panic attack? And the results were, wow. 88% of you said, yes, you have had a panic attack. And 12% said no. I thought, I mean, I thought this was amazing. Like a lot of people have had panic attacks before. A lot of random followers on my Instagram that follow me for roller skating content struggle and have struggled and have had a panic attack before. This isn't, you know something that is uncommon. So I thought that was very fascinating. So the first question um, that I asked um, with some responses that you guys gave was, how do you experience a panic attack? What happens and can you explain it? So I asked this question just because I feel like, you know, it's different for everyone. Everyone struggles in their own way. And um, to ask this question, I just wanted to hear like, how how you guys experience this because it is a scary thing and we all experience it differently so the first one says the first response says your fight or flight kicks in and you assume that you are having a heart attack this one i relate to because literally it can feel so intense in the moment and it can literally feel like you're having a heart attack And from my research, you know, I've learned that that's literally your heart having palpitations. And if you're hyperventilating, you know, that's your body physically reacting and it can feel like you're having a heart attack and you can have chest pains from it because your blood is like pumping through your body because that fight or flight kicks in and you're quite literally panicking. So that was the first response. The next response says, my whole body becomes paralyzed and I can't talk or move. So this is a very different response to a panic attack. So this one, I feel like I relate to as well. I've had panic attacks where I'm literally seizing and going crazy and crying and spasming. And then I've had panic attacks where I'm just like laying flat on my back on my bedroom floor, staring at the ceiling and like, I can't do anything. And that's a panic attack as well. We experience them in different ways, and I think it's just fascinating that there's so many different ways we can experience it. The next one says, my vision closes in and gets blurry, and I get dizzy and lightheaded. So I thought this one was interesting. I've never experienced um, my vision changing or like being impaired, but this was actually a very common response. Um, Obviously, I can't share every single response when it comes to sharing responses on the pod, But this was a very common response. Um, People have experienced um, their vision just going blurry and not being able to see. And that, (laughs) that is terrifying. Like I said, panic attacks are no joke. And I'd love to like 
do more research and figure out like what it is that causes that blurriness to your vision because that's scary like no wonder we're panicking and freaking out because like our vision is like shutting down like our whole bodies feel like they're shutting down like that's crazy the last thing they said in that response was that they get dizzy and lightheaded I have had panic attacks before where I actually pass out in fact when I do have a panic attack this is most often what happens I just get extremely fatigued and dizzy and lightheaded and I just black out that's most often what happens which is crazy panic attacks are no joke that's what that's what I'm gonna make the title of this episode panic attacks are no joke okay the next response says my chest feels tight and my brain feels like it short circuits so this one um I wanted to share because there's actually a thing called brain zaps and not very many people know about this But this is something that can occur when you're having anxiety. It can also be um, a reaction to anxiety medications or to antidepressants as well. It's called brain zaps. And basically, I mean, I'm just explaining what it feels like for me. Obviously, it can be different for everyone. But when I experience brain zaps, it kind of feels like what this response is. You know, they said like your brain feels like it's short circuiting. For me, it feels like lightning is like hitting my brain. (laughs) I don't know how else to explain it, but it feels like my brain is just like being electrocuted. It's not a fun feeling. It's very uncomfortable. And it also can lead to me feeling kind of spasmy and like, like I have like weird knee jerk reactions. It's crazy. You guys mental health. Oh my gosh. When people say that, like mental illness isn't real, it's all in your head. I'm like, oh really? Because this is like, this is serious. This is real crazy physical stuff that's happening to us. And obviously I'm clearly not the only one because I got like 300 responses of people saying that this stuff happens to them too. And I love that we can all relate and share our experiences. I think that's a beautiful thing. Okay. Next response says their heart pulls and feels like it's literally going to explode. And it feels like I'm going to die and I can't see and I can't stand. This is a more intense reaction to a panic attack where, you know, you quite literally feel like you're dying. Um, I for sure have experienced this before. The thing that helps me when I get into that intense emotion of a panic attack where I feel like I might actually die, I have to remember that what is occurring in my body, what's physically happening to me in that moment is temporary. That's, you know, something I just have to remind myself. And, you know, right now we're talking about the physical, you know, scary things that occur when we have a panic attack. But later on, I do ask the question, what helps you to cope with a panic attack? So we will get into that. But I will just share right now, since, you know, these are heavy kind of scary things we're talking about, that one thing that calms me down is remembering this is temporary. I am okay. This will pass. So yeah, that's a good response because I have experienced this before as well. Okay, the next response I thought was very interesting. They said, I can hear every noise individually. Instead of blending in, the noises stack loudly. I've never experienced this before, but that's crazy. That sounds very scary and very real. And if I was experiencing that, yeah, I for sure would panic. That sounds terrifying. So thank you so much for sharing your response. Um, next response says they feel extremely disoriented and they feel trapped. This is another very common one. I feel like, um, a lot of people shared that they just feel like they're trapped. This is why I think another coping mechanism that can help the feeling of feeling trapped when you're having a panic attack is just changing your environment. And I feel like we'll get more into that later when we talk about coping mechanisms, But changing your environment, getting out of the house, getting some fresh air, changing where you are can for sure help. Because I know that like when I'm having a panic attack in my small college dorm room, like obviously I'm not going to feel safe. I'm going to feel trapped, you know. So to be able to like get outside, change my environment, go to a park, um, go to the rink, go skate. Um, go literally anywhere. Changing your environment can definitely help you not feel so disoriented and trapped. 
Okay, the next response says, my brain shuts down and I feel like everything is squeezing me. This is kind of similar where you feel like you're trapped. You're, you know, I feel like there's like a better help ad somewhere. This is not a sponsored video, by the way. I am not sponsored by literally anyone except for Mo Moxie. I love Moxie, <laughs> but um, better help is like a therapy app, I think. And they have an ad where it's someone like experiencing a panic attack and it shows that like they're in a room and the walls just start to like close around them and like suffocate them and like squeeze in and then they're like trying to press against the walls and they can't escape. This, this is what we're experiencing, you guys. This is real stuff. Panic attacks are no joke. Literally, this is something that lots of people experience where they feel like they're trapped. The walls are closing in around them. They feel like something's squeezing them and they just feel trapped. This is why changing your environment, getting outside can really help. Okay, last two that I'm going to share because these are kind of heavy and kind of scary to talk about. <laughs> like I'm starting to sweat, I'll be honest. The next one says convulsing, shaking, teeth, teeth chattering, vomiting, diarrhea, hyperventilating, and crying. So I wanted to share this one because there's actually something called pseudo seizures, which pseudo means fake. So they're called fake seizures, but basically a pseudo seizure is an extreme reaction to anxiety where you physically convulse. So I'm glad this person shared this because this is something that can happen when you have a panic attack. Um, I've had it happen a couple times before where I, you know, I feel like my panic attack is so severe that I just like physically shake and start to convulse and it resembles a seizure. It's not an actual seizure. Obviously, it's non-epileptic, but this is something that can occur. If you're convulsing while you're having a panic attack, you could be having a pseudo seizure, which, you know, when you say the word seizure, it sounds way scary, but it is, you know, a fake seizure. It essentially is our body just reacting the best way we know how in the moment because we're in panic mode. So I wanted to share that um, that response because convulsing is a more intense reaction that you can have to a panic attack, um, and it is called a pseudo seizure. And I've, I have experienced that before, and it is terrifying. Zero out of ten. Do not recommend. Okay, last response for this question says I get really quiet, I zone out, and I stay almost completely still, and it's hard to get me to do anything. So, like I said. Everyone experiences it differently. This is a reaction where, you know, you're just quiet. You're zoning out and you're completely still and you can't really do anything. I think it's important to remember that, like, when you're in a social setting, just, like, try this experiment. Just look around you and look at the people around you and just remember that, like, every single individual in that room has their own struggles and has their own mental health that they need to take care of. And just like think like you never know what that person has gone through or what they're currently going through. Like you could be at a party or something or at a social event and like you could be in a room with someone who's literally having a panic attack or an anxiety attack while you're there. They could be just sitting there, you know, like shaking their leg a little bit, staring off into space and they could be like in the most intensified emotions ever and literally be having a panic attack and you'd never know. That's why I think it's so important that as a community um, of people who struggle with mental illness that we need to be there for each other and we need to remember like, okay, yes, I struggle. I need to go to therapy. I need to take my meds to take care of myself, but also I struggle for a reason and one of those reasons of me struggling can be that I can help other people who also struggle. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So that's the end of that question. We'll end on that note. We're not, okay, it's not the end of the podcast. We have like a million more questions. So don't get excited yet. You still have to listen to my voice. Also, that's totally a lie. You can click off at any second. No one should be forced to listen to my voice um, ever. But if you want to keep listening, we're going to talk about coping mechanisms as well which um, there's some great stuff that people share. So please keep listening because I think you could definitely benefit from hearing these things. The next question though that I ask is how often do you have a panic attack? And I'll just kind of, I'll just kind of, um, sorry, I literally just had a stroke. 
I'll kind of zoom through these responses just because, you know, I just wanted to share the variety of responses that there was. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see, um, how frequent or infrequently people have panic attacks and just to compare. So the first one said a few times a year. Second person said anywhere between once a month to every single day. Someone said nearly every single day. And then someone said, it's quite rare, but when it does happen, I'm instantly embarrassed. I wanted to touch on this one. There is nothing you should be embarrassed about when it comes to struggling with mental health. Yeah, there's stigmas out there. Yes, there are mean, judgy people, but who cares? Literally, screw the haters. Like, we don't need that negativity in our lives. So if you ever get the feeling where you are struggling with your mental illness, you're in panic mode, you're depressed, whatever it is, there is nothing you should be ashamed of or embarrassed about, even in the slightest. We are all on this, I mean, this sounds cliche and cheesy or whatever, but I don't care. We're all on this journey of life individually to find ourselves, to grow, to learn, to experience life, to have joy. That's the purpose of life is to have joy and to live our lives and to experience our lives, whatever that may be. And we are all on different paths in life and we all struggle with different things. No one has it easy. Everyone in life has trials. I mean, maybe not the Kardashians. I feel like, you know, they have whatever they want, you know, so maybe they don't have trials, but that's totally a lie too, because obviously they have trials. If you've watched the Kardashians, they have lots of trials. They have divorces and, you know, cheating husbands and they have struggles, of course, too. So that's a horrible example. Everyone struggles. Everyone struggles. And that looks different for everyone. So you just have to take a step back and realize, okay, the struggle that I was given in this life is that I have mental illness. That's nothing to be embarrassed about. That's just the struggle that you have and that you were given. And that's something that you can work through and grow through. And honestly, sometimes I'm sad and I'm like, oh, I'm so mad that I like struggle with depression and anxiety and whatever. Like it's such a hard struggle. But like, honestly, I'm grateful because this is the struggle that I have in life and I have learned so much from it. I have grown so much as a person. To see my struggle as a positive has changed my perspective completely because I've realized, okay, yes, this is a painful, really hard thing that I have to go through in life, but also I have become a better person because of it. I have grown immensely and become emotionally mature. I have learned life lessons in therapy that I wouldn't have been able to otherwise. So anyways, that was a huge tangent. But to come back to this response, you have nothing to be embarrassed about. We all have our own struggles. We are all on different paths in life. If you are embarrassed about a panic attack, don't be. Because we all struggle differently. And... Also, I think something that helps is surrounding yourself with good, kind, loving people who won't judge you for those instances where you do have a panic attack, even if it's rare. Surround yourself with good, loving people who will support you and love you and not judge you for having a panic attack. Because who needs that negativity in your life? Nobody needs that. And that's something I had to learn the hard way. (laughs) This is another tangent, but I want to share it. I feel like throughout most of my life, I've kind of had the mindset where I'm like, oh, I want friends. I want people in my life. You know what I mean? But like, it doesn't matter the quantity of the people you have in your life. All that that matters is the quality. And I know that's cliche again, but it's so true. Like, if I have a group of friends that's toxic and that talks crap about me and gossips about me constantly and puts me down, I don't, I don't need that. I can get rid of that friend group and yeah, I'll be without friends for a while. But you know what? I would rather not have friends for a while and, you know, be my own best friend for a while rather than be with people who are negative and that are making me feel bad about myself for things that are out of my control. You know what I mean? So that's another thing. Surround yourself with good people that won't make you even feel embarrassed to begin with when you are having a panic attack. Sorry about that tangent. 
Um, I was kind of going off for a second there. Sheesh. Anyways, next response says, it's not often, but I can usually tell when it's prone to happening and things that I can do to avoid it. Um, so this is where we get into the coping mechanisms. So what are things that you can do to avoid this extreme panic? What are coping mechanisms that you can do to help yourself when you're having a panic attack? These are things that you guys shared. And honestly, the responses you gave were better than Google (laughs) because Google knows nothing. The people who are actually mentally ill and suffering, yeah, you guys know a lot. So thank you so much for your responses. I'm just going to get right into it. There's some great coping mechanisms. Um, If one sticks out to you, write it down. Write it down, put it on a post-it, stick it on your wall, and next time you're panicking, look back to it and say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to cope. We're all good. I'm good. I'm not going to have a panic attack. I'm fine. I'm going to cope. We're good. We're chill. Okay, these are the responses that you guys gave. The first one says, go outside, breathe in, breathe out, and talk to someone when I am ready. Like I said, having a good support system always helps. Going outside, changing your environment, doing deep breathing exercises can also help. Breathing, I feel like, is hit or miss because it helps some people and it can also be horrible for other people. I know for me, if I try to do breathing exercises when I am in panic mode, I'll, I'll just like stop breathing altogether. So it works for some people. It doesn't work for others. Next response says getting in a cold shower can shock me out of one and get me to calm down. This one sounds so unpleasant in so many ways. Like who, who, who showers in a cold shower for fun? Like who does that? Psychopaths? Like, (laughs) I don't know any person that would do that for funsies or just on a regular day. But when you're having a panic attack, I actually learned this in group therapy. Um, changing the temperature of your skin can actually like cause like a physical response and help calm you down. So getting in a cold shower, as unpleasant as it sounds, could actually really help. So thank you for that response. I think this one's really good. Okay, next one says, I remember that I have survived every bad thing that's ever happened to me and that I can survive this too. This response was probably my favorite response. It kind of shifts your whole perspective. It's hard, I feel like, when you're having a panic attack to even have a perspective of anything because you literally are panicking. You feel like you're dying. But if you can just like, just take a step back and stop for a second and just like ground yourself and remember, hold on a second. I'm an amazing individual who has been through a lot. I've suffered a lot of things in life. Who hasn't? I've been through a lot. I've survived all those things. So I bet you that I can survive this too. As hard as it seems right now in this moment, I bet you that I can survive this too. I think that's a great perspective to have. Okay, the next response says, get on anxiety meds. There's a lot of stigma about meds that I think is really stupid, but if you struggle severely enough that you feel like medication can help, get on meds. Who's stopping you? The judgy Karen next door? Who cares? Karen has never done a fun thing in her life. Karen is literally suffering in her marriage and literally is unhappy. So who cares what Karen has to say? Get on the anxiety meds get happy, take those antidepressants. It is a necessary thing that has changed my life. Yeah, I'm on meds and I'm doing great. I mean, yeah, I have my days, who doesn't? But meds are such a beneficial thing. Obviously, you know, see a professional, see a psychiatrist who can get you on the right meds that won't, you know, cause extreme side effects because obviously there's downsides to it. There are side effects of medications. You do have to be careful. I will say that. But getting on meds changed my life for the better, and it can help you too. So get on the meds if that seems like something that you may need to do. If your panic attacks are very frequent, happening every day, take some meds. You never know. It could change your life. Okay, the next person said, (laughs) this one's funny. The next person says, I roll the joint, which this is hilarious to each their own. You know what? I'm not one to judge. Roll the joint, smoke a blunt. I don't care. To each their own live your best life, whatever that may be. Next person says, 
limit caffeine, go to therapy, and pray. The three ingredients to a happy life. <laughs> Literally, caffeine is so bad for me personally. I mean, some people can, like, drink so much caffeine and be fine. But, like, yeah, for me, if I have a Red Bull, I will be having a panic attack that night. That's just me personally. So caffeine can can definitely affect you physically. It, it literally is proven to cause anxiety. So maybe limit your caffeine if you feel like you're having frequent panic attacks. Going to therapy is a great thing. Love my therapist. Shout out to her. She is an angel. Um, and praying as well. Praying to a superior being, a God, the universe, whatever it may be. I've said it before on the podcast. I'll say it again. It brings a sense of hope into your life that you can't really find anywhere else. It brings a sense of peace and joy and light that you can't really find anywhere else. So I highly recommend praying. Even if you're not religious, just like talk out loud to yourself. I don't know. Just pray. It's, it's an amazing thing and it's definitely helped me and it could help you too. The next person said sleep. Honestly, sleep can either be a negative coping mechanism or a positive one. But I feel like sleep is so healing in general. Um, oversleeping is when it can start to be unhealthy, right? But I think taking the necessary rest we need can be very, very helpful. And I think too, when you feel like you're going to have a panic attack, just like saying nope and just hopping into bed, like, I don't know, it could work for you. The next person said yoga and meditation. Yoga and meditation are so slay. I love doing yoga. It feels so good. It it feels good physically and mentally. I can't explain it, you guys. But, like, just to be able to stretch and, like, I don't know, just move your body in, like, a healthy yoga-ish way is just, like, it's amazing. It's so healing. And I, I am a yogi at heart. I love yoga. It definitely helps me. Um, so, yeah, if you struggle with panic attacks, buy yourself a yoga mat. You don't even need a yoga mat, but like just physically having a yoga mat could like inspire you to just get that mat out and just start stretching and doing some meditation and doing some yoga exercises. You can find yoga exercises literally anywhere. Pinterest, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, they're everywhere. So I don't know, you, you could try yoga and it, may, it maybe could help you. Um, sorry, my nose is like... Oh, sorry. Uh, my nose was like filled with snot. That was so gross. <laughs> sorry, you guys. <laughs> okay. Um, the next response says taking off my clothes. This one was interesting to me, but honestly, amazing. I feel like that would help me immensely. <laughs> Just to, like get naked. IDK, like that could help. Not in like a weird, I'm not trying to say that in a weird way. But maybe just like stripping down and just getting back to your roots and just being in your skin. I don't know. It could kind of be like a shock and it could kind of maybe distract you and it could help you get out of that panic attack. I thought that was an interesting one. And I don't know. Maybe I'll try that in the future because I've never I've never tried that one before. The last one says rest and exercise. I kind of already touched on that. Getting your needful sleep and rest can always be beneficial and exercising, doing yoga, or even just like going ham at the gym can definitely help. I will say that I did a very intense treadmill workout the other day when I was kind of having a panic attack and I did, I did start to hyperventilate. I definitely blacked out a couple times. So maybe exercise, but like don't go too hard. You don't want to be blacking out and you know, seeing stars, you know, the second you see stars, maybe calm yourself down a little bit, but exercise can definitely be a helpful thing. Okay. The last question that I asked, wow, this podcast is long. I usually try to be 45 minutes, but this is going to be a longer episode. We do have one more question. I'll try to, um, make it a little short, but, um, the last question that I asked, I think is the most important one. And that is, how do you respond or react when you are with someone having a panic attack? AKA, how do you help someone that is having a panic attack? Okay, I'll read through, through these responses quickly, but I think these are so important because, like I said, everyone struggles in life. Everyone, everyone has mental health that they should be taking care of. If you say that you don't have mental health struggles, you probably are the problem in most people's lives. <laughs> 
<laughs> because that means you're not actively working to, you know, be a healthy person mentally. So anyways, these are things that you can do to help someone who may be struggling with a panic attack. And these are responses that you gave. Once again, love you guys. Thank you so much for your responses. Let's get into it. The first person says, I talk softly and I offer hugs. I think this is very, this is very key. Talking softly, so important. If you're raising your voice, no, get out of there, leave. That is so bad because that's just going to make them panic even worse. Talk softly, be very, very gentle with them. They are panicking. They could feel like they're literally dying in that moment. So make sure you're gentle. Make sure that you stay calm as hard as it may be. I know it can be scary. If they're like having a severe panic attack where they're like convulsing, it can be scary and you can start to panic as well, but try your best. Talk calmly, talk softly, offer offer hugs, offer your love and affection. Because I know for me, when I'm in panic mode, all I want is a hug. Like, who doesn't love hugs? I mean, well, okay, some people don't like physical touch, but for me, that definitely helps. The next person said, I try to distract them. Distractions can be a great thing. Um, even if you are the one struggling with a panic attack, distracting yourself can be a great thing. Turning on a TV show that just like is silly goofy, just like a reality TV show that's mindless, that can be a good distraction and that could honestly help you get out of that panic mode. Okay, next person said, everyone is different, so I react accordingly. I've said this a couple times, but yes, everyone struggles with panic attacks differently, so make sure that you, you're communicating with them. I have never felt more loved in my life than when somebody asked me, what can I do to help you with your mental health struggles? I, that's the most loving and caring thing anyone can do. If you have a loved one or a friend that struggles with panic attacks or mental illness in general, communicate with them. Just ask them. Just ask them, what can I do to help you? And I'm sure that they will have something to say that you can do and like a, a need that you can give them. So just ask. Okay, um, next person says, ask them if they want space or comfort. Okay, this is good. Asking if they want to be alone, asking if they want to be wrapped up in a hug, just making sure that you are giving them what they need. Next person said, do breathing exercises with them. Okay, breathing can be good or bad. Just ask what helps them. Um, and if they don't know what can help them, I don't know, distract them do what feels right until they start to calm down. Um, it can be really scary when you're with someone having a panic attack, but as long as you stay in control, you are calm, you have your attention on them and you are trying to help them, then everything will be all right. Okay, next person said, get their attention and get them to touch cold or hot things. Like I said, changing the temperature of things can be a really good distraction. It can physically alter your mind and body to start to calm down. Next person said, remind them that this will pass and that they are okay. I mentioned this before. This is a kind of perspective that's hard to have in the moment, but I feel like it's easier if you're with someone having a panic attack, you can be the mediator and you can say to them, hey, remember, this is temporary. You're okay. You're going to be okay. Um, this will pass. I know it's so scary, but also don't invalidate them. I feel like this is important to mention don't invalidate what they are experiencing. Say to them, you know what? This is scary for sure. This is terrifying. I'm sure you feel awful right now. I'm sure you feel like you're going to die. I mean, maybe don't say that, but like, I'm sure you're feeling awful right now. It must be so heavy. It must be so hard. I am so sorry you're going through this, but you know what? I promise you that it's going to be okay. Okay. Next person said... Some people love touch and some people hate touch. So, you know, react accordingly. Make sure you're communicating and helping them with whatever they specifically need. The next person said, I try to make them focus on their surroundings using the five senses. So this is a great exercise, whether you're the one in panic mode or it's your friend. This is basically what it is. I'll just teach it with you. Um, the first one is to say five things that you see. So, for example, I'll do it right now. I see my protein smoothie on my desk. I see my headphones. I see my book. I see a candle. And I see my vase of flowers. Those are five things I just listed that I see right now. Okay, now four things that you can feel, physically feel. 
I feel my skin. I just lotioned it so it's nice and smooth. I feel my fuzzy blanket wrapped around me. I feel my nice textured recliner. And I can feel my dirty laptop <laughs> with my hands as well. Okay, and then the next one is three things that you can hear. So if I just listen for a second, obviously I can hear my own voice. I can hear the cars passing by on the highway by my house. And I can hear... I can hear my roommate in the other room. <laughs> so those are three, three things that I can hear. Okay, then the next one is two things that you can smell. Okay, I can smell my bad breath. I need to brush my teeth. And I can smell... I can smell my lotion that's on my hands. Okay, and then the last one, the fifth one, is something you can taste. So obviously my breath is bad right now. I just had breakfast, so it doesn't smell good. But um, something that's helped me is to have things on you, like sensory things on you at all times. If you are someone that struggles with panic attacks, have like a good smelling lotion with you. Have some chapstick with you and have some gum or like some mints because if you get in that panic mode, you can just like pop a mint, smell your lotion or even like essential oils can help too just to like ground yourself. Doing the five senses is such a great grounding technique that has helped me so much in the past um, and just to carry things with you that can help ground you like maybe a stress ball, something you can feel and squeeze or you know an essential oil, something you can smell so that you can ground yourself with your sense of smell, a mint, gum, so you can ground yourself with your sense of taste. That is a great coping skill that I've used before that is so, so helpful. Okay, and then the last one is to try to get them to a different environment where they feel safer. Um, this is one I've mentioned before, but I feel like, you know, it, it always helps. Um, getting somewhere different. Just getting out of the house. Um, if you're at work, leave. Quit, honestly. Like, who needs that? If you're having a panic attack at work, obviously it's not a good environment. <laughs> Okay, don't actually don't quit. Don't like go up to your boss and say, so I listened to this podcast and she told me to quit my job, so I'm out. Peace. Don't do that. Maybe don't do that. Or I mean maybe you should if you're like in a toxic work environment. Um, but maybe put in your two weeks and find a new job so that you're not, you know, broke for a couple weeks. I actually do have an episode um about mental health in the workplace. I don't know which episode it is, maybe like three or four, but it's a great episode. You should listen to it. It's about mental health in the workplace. Anyways, that was kind of a tangent, but um, that's all I have for today, you guys. Um, once again, I just want to thank you guys so much for participating in my podcast episodes. I love that, you know, I'm we're building this community where we can talk about our mental health struggles and we can relate to each other and help each other. Um, this was a heavy topic. Panic attacks are no joke. And I think I learned a lot from this episode and I hope you guys gained something from it as well. Um, so thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, I know it was a longer episode. Um, to end off the episode, I just want to do some deep breathing exercises. So let's just breathe together. Go ahead and inhale. Count to four. Hold your breath at the top and count to four again. One, two, three, four, and then release. Go ahead and exhale. Okay, let's do it again. Go ahead and when you're ready, breathe in. Take a nice big breath in. Rise your belly up. Breathe in. Go ahead and hold it at the top. You can count or you can just release that breath when you're ready. But go ahead and exhale that breath. And as you exhale, just release any negative energy that you feel is in your body. Go ahead and just release all of that and go ahead and exhale. Okay. Let's take one more breath together. Go ahead and breathe in. Take a deep breath in, the deepest breath you've taken all day. Breathe in. Hold it at the top. Go ahead and think of any more negative energy that is left within you. I know we talked about a heavy topic today. 
If you have any negative energy that is within your body, go ahead and release it. Go ahead and exhale. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Um, Thank you so much for supporting my podcast and my Instagram. I love you guys so much. Um, You guys inspire me. You guys are strong. You are amazing. Um, Keep pushing through. I hope you guys could gain something from this podcast episode. I hope you have a great rest of your week. If you're listening to this on Thursday when it is released, I hope you have a great weekend. I love you guys so much and I hope you guys stay really glad. Does that work? I don't think it does, but we're going to use it anyways. Stay really glad, you guys. Love you so much and I'll talk to you next week. Bye!